Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. I was telling the first service, I wish we'd have had a merit badge for him coming early on Spring Forward Sunday. But we're glad that you're with us. And as Mike said, if you intended to get, you know, come to the early service, well, you came to the second service. Well, if you've got your Bible with you, um, turn to John chapter 6, verse 67. We're going to get there in just a moment. We've been there the last couple of weeks, and I want to just take a moment uh, to kind of summarize what we've been talking about and the context of that whole chapter of John. Uh, if you'll remember, if you were here with us, the, the last uh, two weeks, that chapter of John actually occurs in about a 24-hour period. It's over two days from one afternoon to the next afternoon. And all the events take place in that 24-hour period. And it starts with Jesus praying over and blessing uh, a few loaves of bread and some fish and giving it to the disciples to hand out. And that bread is multiplied to to feed a crowd of over 5,000 and then he sends, uh, he actually gets away because the, the people want to make him king, ruler uh, over them, because here's a man who can give us free bread. We never have to work again. He's going to just multiply it, uh, and we have to do nothing. And Jesus knows this, and so he steps away, and uh, he sends the disciples away, and actually sends them across the sea. Uh, and they then run into a storm, and, and they think they're going to die. And this is when Jesus walks out to them on the water, and then Peter walks on the water, uh, and he gets in the boat with them and calms the sea. Uh, and, and then they finish going over. And the next morning is where we've been focusing is the next day, the teaching that he's, he's giving that day. But uh, one of the things that is just so fascinating is so often we look at these stories individually and think they you know, were different different times or maybe spread apart over the whole three years of his ministry. But all three of these things happen literally in a 24-hour period. And so Jesus teaches this lesson that offends most of the crowd and honestly most of his disciples. And so they've all left and Jesus turns to, to his, the 12 and he asks them this question. That's what we're going to pick up this morning in verse 67. Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So Peter has had a revelation in this past 24 hours. And he realizes who Jesus Christ is and that there's nowhere else for him to go. And last week we talked about how we have to make that same choice that Jesus asked us. You know, are you going to follow me? Are you going to go away as well? Have we made the choice to come to him by believing that he is the only way to life as it was always intended to be a whole, full and restored life with a relationship with our father in heaven in Acts 412, it says, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You can't be much clearer than that. There's one way. Jesus Christ. There is no other name under heaven by which we might be saved. And in John 14:6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
That's the only way to get to the Father is through a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. And if we have come to Him, the only thing left is to have a relationship with the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. And the way that we do that is through something called prayer. And another way to say prayer is a conversation. We have a relationship with God the Father by having conversations with Him. Hebrews 4.16 says that we can boldly come to the throne room of grace. Come boldly into the presence of God the Father and have a conversation with Him. When I was studying and looking for the Matthew Henry quote that I shared with you last week, I came across another quote that I had never read or heard of uh, that was from him as well. And it was on prayer. And it really stood out to me. He said, It is taken for granted that all who are disciples of Christ pray. You may as soon find a living man that does not breathe as a living Christian that does not pray. Let me read that again. It's taken for granted that all who are disciples of Christ pray. You would as soon find a living man that doesn't breathe than a Christian that doesn't pray. Think about that for a minute. You might want to write it down. We'll leave it up there for a minute for you. When we don't pray, whether it's for a moment or for hours or for a day or a week or a month, we're saying, we don't need you, God. I can do this without you. I don't need you in the midst of my day. I don't need you in the midst of my life. I've got this. As he said, we know that we can't go more than a few minutes without breathing. If you are stopped from breathing, you're going to die literally in a matter of minutes. And that's how important prayer is in our walk with the Father. That we literally shouldn't go more than minutes without having another conversation with Him, inviting into this moment to be part of what we are in. And we're going to talk about prayer this morning. I would kind of start out with a little bit of teaching and then preach a little bit at the end. But in the end, I want to tell you about a problem that I struggle with and I think most of us struggle with when it comes to prayer. But before we get to that, I just want to share a couple general passages with you on prayer. And one of the best places I think that we can learn about prayer is from Jesus Christ Himself. And He said quite a bit about it. In Matthew 6, 6-8, through He said, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray... Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. So there's two things that I want to point out just in that passage. First of all, he says, when you pray. Not if, but when. And then the second thing is that we pray to God the Father. He is instructing us to pray to the Father. And right after this passage, we're not going to get into it. We've... I know since I've been here, we've had a whole series on just the Lord's Prayer, what's called the Lord's Prayer. 
But right after this passage, Jesus goes into the Lord's Prayer. What I want to point out there, though, is that he says the way that we start that prayer is our Father who art in heaven. We're praying to the Father through the relationship that has been made possible through his Son, Jesus Christ. In Luke 5.16, it says, So he himself, talking about Jesus, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. And in Mark 1.35 it says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, He, Jesus, went out and departed to a solitary place and He prayed. If Jesus Christ, the Son of God on earth, needed to be in constant conversation with the Father and go away alone at times to pray to the Father, how much more do we need to pray to the Father? Philippians 4.6 says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Don't worry about anything. Take everything to God in prayer. So we're to take everything to the Father in prayer. And Jesus on multiple occasions said, We have confidence that our prayers will be answered and that they're heard by the Father. In John 16.23, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in My name, He will give it to you. Until now you've asked nothing in My name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Our focus is on prayer this morning and we're going to look at a couple verses in John chapter 14. Uh, this is another chapter kind of like John 6 where I said you might want to read the whole thing uh, again and you may want to read this whole Uh, chapter of John 14. In it, Jesus reiterates again that He's the only way to the Father. He is uh, the way, the truth, and the life. And He talks more about prayer than even we're going to read. But He also talks about the Holy Spirit and how He's going to go away and send us the Holy Spirit to be our helper and to reveal all truth to us. And in verse 12, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Again, we see uh, praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. And in John 14, Jesus also talks about sending the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit also helps us, assists us in prayer. In Romans 8, 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit prays with us and through us the will of God, even when we don't know what to pray. And in verse 34, Paul tells us it's Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So Jesus Christ himself is at the right hand of the Father, interceding, praying, having a constant conversation with the Father on our behalf. And we're supposed to be doing the same thing taking everything to Him in prayer. 
every thought, every praise, every sorrow, everything that is in our heart, we can have a conversation with the Father. Remember the Matthew Henry quote. As Christians, prayer should be as natural to us as breathing. In Ephesians 6, it's a well-known passage about the whole armor of God. And that passage is wrapped up encouraging us with these words about prayer. Praying at all times in the Spirit. Remember, the Spirit intercedes with us and for us with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ as well. And in Romans 12, verse 12, there's a, a verse 9 through 21 gives us a whole list of things and attributes that Christians should practice and aspire to. And in verse 12, Paul says, we should rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation. Who wants that kind of patience? <laughs> be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. I think it's 1 Thessalonians where it says, pray without ceasing. Be constant in prayer. Pray without ceasing. Take everything to the Father in prayer. Pray at all times. Almost as often as you would breathe. So we clearly see that if we've made the choice to come to Jesus Christ and to not go away, to not turn away, to stay with Him, that if we've had that revelation as Peter did, that He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. And that there is nowhere else to go and no one else to go to. Then we understand that we must come to the Father in conversation constantly through our relationship with His Son. And I mentioned earlier that we would discuss a problem that we have and we'll close on this topic, but we won't close for a while. (laughs) We'll be on it for a while. But a problem that we have with prayer, or a problem that I have with prayer, and that is that it often seems like it goes unanswered. That we cry out to God. That we pour our hearts out to Him. And we either don't hear a response or we don't see the answer that we were looking for. And we lose hope or we lose faith. Oftentimes people will turn away. They'll say, I came to you. Like the crowd, like the other disciples that came to Jesus Christ. But when it got tough, they turned away and they went away. And Jesus asked the ones left, are you going to go away too? And we come to Him and we cry out. And then we have to answer the question again and again and again. Are we going to stay Or are we going to go? And when we look at prayer as a conversation that we have with the Father and understand that He wants us to tell Him everything that's on our heart, to pour our heart out to Him, to pour our sorrows out to Him, to share our joy with Him, to share our praise with Him, every part of our life can be walked out with Him. But when we don't see things going the way that we think they should, we often doubt and question. At the very beginning of this series, one of the things that that I uh, mentioned was 
just looking around at our world today and the atrocities that we see in the world and mentioned a few of the things. And one of those things was uh, the, the atrocity of abortion and how rampant it is, not just in our nation, but throughout the world. And that's not a new thing. That goes back to the beginning of time as well. But it seems like it's worse and there's just literally, uh, I think it was like a billion lives or something like that worldwide uh, that, that have been taken through through that, and we cry out, and I actually was thinking in the sec, just in the second worship, I remember, uh, and we just think, see what's going on in the nation today, I remember as a child, uh, the pastor of the church I attended and members of our church, they got arrested and spent time in jail for protesting abortion in the 70s. You know, so some of the things that we see, we would think, oh, this is all new. It's like, no, we were seeing crazy things just, you know, not that long ago in my lifetime. But we cry out to God and we think He's not listening or He's not acting. And that's not a new thing either. And I want to share with you uh, a story uh, of the prophet Habakkuk. The account of Habakkuk. Because the whole thing that started this whole series was this burden in, in my heart, in my life, and talking to some of you and others in the church, having that same burden that we feel like there's something that we should do or there's something that God should be doing. And we cry and say, God, why aren't you doing anything about all the stuff that we see? Why aren't you acting on all the prayers that we've prayed literally for generations on some things? And we want something to do. And we want God to do something. And this isn't a new thing either. Habakkuk wrote this book and this prophet, this prophecy, and we're going to read it, and we're just going to read a couple portions, but the whole book's like six chapters, so you may want to read that whole thing sometime soon too. But Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 2, Habakkuk has a conversation with the Father. He pours his heart out in prayer, and this is what he says. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? How long will I cry out to you and you not hear my cries? That to us, we'd almost think, man, that's almost blasphemous. You're bold, Habakkuk. How dare you ask a question like that to God? That's what was on his heart. That was the burden. He was looking around at the nation around him and seeing horrible things going on and crying out to God and nothing was changing. And he's saying, God, how long am I going to cry out to you and you not hear me? Or cry to you violence and you will not save. Do you not see what's going on? How can you not save? Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? He's like, God, you're sitting up there twiddling your thumbs as all this is going on. And I'm seeing it. I'm a man. I would do something about it. Why aren't you doing anything about it? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise, so the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. You'd think he wrote this last week. (laughs) Has the world changed? 
For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. He's accusing God, but what he's really doing is he's having a conversation. He's saying, God, this is what I see. This is what's on my heart. And I'm taking everything to you in conversation. I'm crying out to you with the burden of my heart. And the Lord answers. In verse 5, he says, Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you wouldn't believe if I told you. God says, I am. I'm at work. You just don't see it. And you don't understand. And if I were to tell you, you wouldn't believe it. That's how big our God is. His ways are above our ways. His knowledge is beyond ours. We read last week that our, uh, His weakness is stronger than our strength. And His foolishness is wiser than our wisdom. I believe this is a word for us today that we're crying out and it seems like God does not hear us and we aren't receiving an answer, but God is saying, I am doing a work in your days. And if I were to explain it to you, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't understand it. Be patient. Don't go anywhere else. Don't turn away. Trust me. Stay with me. And after this uh, answer, Habakkuk pours his heart out again. And we're not going to read that, but then God answers again. In verse 2 of chapter 2, it says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. God tells Habakkuk the answer is already on its way. The time has already been appointed. I'm going to do everything. It hastens. It's not lying down. It's running to its completion. It might seem slow. Wait for it. And we talked about this in the last two weeks. It almost seems like we don't do anything in the waiting. But I guarantee you, prayer is not not doing anything. And when it's time, He'll let us know. And if we're supposed to say something, He'll let us know. And if we're supposed to do something, He'll let us know. But in each of our own lives, we have to wait upon the Lord and do what He's calling us to do. Whatever that may be. For the last decades, the church has fled from society. So many left the realm of politics, the realm of government, the realm of school boards, the realm of, of, of government in general, local governments. When we should have been running to it. And God was calling men and women to do that, but they didn't listen. 
And He's calling people to do things today. And each one of us have to answer that call. To hear the voice of God. But we won't hear it if we're not having conversations with Him. It's important to note that Habakkuk didn't see the result of his prophecy. It came several decades after his death. But God was at work during his life. And God was at work until it was time, until the appointed time. And it wasn't late, it was on time. And we're in the same place today. It may not look like we think it should. It may not come in the time that we think it should. But God is always on time. And He always does what needs to be done. There's somebody else in the Bible, and we're going to look at this before we close as well, that that didn't get an answer to a prayer like he wanted. Or as soon as he wanted And that person is Jesus Christ. We're going to look at the prayer that he prayed the night before he was arrested. And it's looking at it a little bit different way than we would normally look at it, and probably for a different reason than we would normally look at it. But as I was thinking about this and how we cry out to God, and and the Bible from beginning to end is full, and the Psalms and Proverbs and all the prophets are full of crying out to God and not seeming like we're getting the answer or it's not coming in the time that it should come. And Jesus had the same experience. In Matthew 26, verse 36, it says, Then Jesus went with them, the disciples, to a place called Gethsemane. And He said to His disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with Him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, He began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He said his soul was very sorrowful and troubled. You know what Jesus is doing? He's taking everything to the Father. He's saying, Father, this is hard. This is hard. I don't want to do this. If there's any other way, make a way. Nevertheless, Your will be done. And He came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And He said to Peter, so could you not watch with me an hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus woke him up and said, Hey guys, I need you to pray with me. And again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My Father, if it cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away. And so this time he didn't even bother waking him up. And prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Jesus prayed the same thing three times in a row. And it doesn't tell us whether he got the answer or not. I would say we know he didn't get it on the first two or he wouldn't have asked again. 
So he's pouring out his heart. He's crying out to the Father. And that problem that I talked about with, that I certainly have in prayer, and I'm sure many of you have, is it seems like the response is silence. And Jesus waited there twice, an hour, in silence. And went back the third time. And whether or not He got the answer at that moment, or as the circumstances played out, He said, Father, Your will be done. Let it be done. Your kingdom, Your will be done. Come and You do what You have planned. And I'll submit to it. And whether or not God had spoken to Him and said, I'm sorry, son. It's the only way. Or if Jesus walked away in silence knowing that the circumstances that He was going to walk into would tell Him if there was another way. But He trusted and He waited. I've had a continual prayer in my life for about 29 years, going on 30 years that started when I was a teenager. And it started when I received a word from God and it's, it's related to uh, when Paul had his eyes opened on the road to Damascus. And it was that God was going to open my eyes to see and my ears to hear. And you've heard me pray that over and over and over. And it's a prayer that I've prayed for 29 years. And God's spoken things to me. He's shown me things. But I know that prayer has not been answered. And I believe that's a promise, not just to me, but to the body of Christ in our lifetime, that God is going to open our eyes like He did in the Old Testament where they saw the army of God around the army of soldiers. That God's kingdom is present. It is here. It is at work. He is moving. He is doing. And we're going to see it. But for 29 years I've prayed and I've waited And I'm going to keep on. And I know He's working. And I know He's moving. And I know He's doing it. And He's going to do it. He's going to do everything that He's promised. We just have to wait. And I believe the word in Habakkuk, that God spoke to Habakkuk, that He is speaking that to us today. I am doing a work in your days that you wouldn't believe if I told you. Trust me. But it's not time yet. I'm running to its completion, but it hasn't arrived. It might seem slow, but wait. My answer will surely come. It will not delay. I will not delay. Are we going to wait for it? Have we made our decision? Have we had the revelation that Peter had? There's no one else to go to. There's nowhere else to go to. There's nothing, no thing to go to. There's one way. There's one truth. There's one life. And it's all through Jesus Christ. Are we going to stay or are we going to go? Are we going to come to the Father in prayer and offer everything up that we have? 
constantly, every moment of every day, because nothing else works. Anybody, anybody have another solution? Has anybody found another way? I've never come across anything in my life that fulfills like a relationship with the Father through His Son. That's it. Will you pray with me? Charlie, Father, I pray, Lord, once again, open our eyes. We want to see Your kingdom. We want to see the work that You're doing. Lord, I know, I believe by faith. Lord, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen, Lord, I haven't seen it, but I know Your kingdom is at work. I know that Your kingdom is proceeding on earth like it is in heaven. Your will is being done. It's being accomplished, Father. And I believe You're going to show us one day. And we pray that You will open the eyes of the body of Christ that we might see and rejoice with You in its completion. Open our ears to hear Your voice. Father, as we come to You in prayer, as we come to You in conversation, as we pour out the injustices and the violence and the atrocities that we see, Lord, as we come to You at the moments of of our joy and praise, Lord, at our high points of life with everything, Lord, we come to You. We trust You. We praise You. We worship You. Let Your kingdom come. Let Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear, Lord. That's our prayer. In Your name we pray. Amen. That was a good word. For, and, and a timely word. Amen. Chris asked that, uh, if you have time to read John 14, the chapter. A little teaser. It starts off. Verse 1, Jesus Christ says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. That's what you need. Right there, that's all you need. A couple things before you go. This week on Wednesday night, there's not going to be any spark because it's spring break. And tonight, we will not have youth or junior high here. Call or contact your life group leader to see if you're having group this week because there will be no child care. All right? Um, Saturday, April 3rd. 7 p.m., throne room encounter right here at New Covenant Church. Come to that. Sit in God's presence and just let it soak in. You'll enjoy it. Spend a little time this week if you can, reading the Bible, praying for one another. Enjoy your time off and have a good spring break. Y'all be blessed. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 